0: Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. I'll be reading from the Revised Standard Version. You can be found in in the pew. And a leper came to him, beseeching him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And he sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded, for a proof to the people. But he went out and began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out of the country, and people came to him from every quarter. I've had a busy week. And I know, you know, I know a lot of you probably wonder what I do during the week. And quite frankly, it's hard to explain. I know a lot of you think this, that I only work on Sunday, really. And uh, pastors love that joke, by the way, <laughs> when, you, when you point that out. But I've had a pretty busy week. I uh, Suffice it to say that, that my day is filled less with the things you might think a minister might do. Uh, whatever you think it is I'm doing, it's probably. A little bit of it, but not quite what it is. A lot of my time is spent with the leadership of the church as we are in the process of forming teams that manage certain aspects of the ministry here. I have a lot of meetings and phone calls and such. I spend time developing strategies for growth and spiritual development. And then there are uh, hand-wringing issues around money that seem to come up every week. Lent is coming, and trying to be ahead of the game on that. I teach a Bible study, which means that I do some homework during the the week. I try to create the illusion that I just know this stuff off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, I really do actually have to study. And then uh, last week I shot off my mouth uh, to the young adult class about Daniel, and so I, I said I would come and talk about that today, so I had to prepare for that as well. Along those lines, Friday I identified four big books that I should have gotten through last summer but I still haven't read and I I need to read them in order to be ready for working with the council and some of the ministry teams. I prepare and write articles and sermons and prepare worship and pick out music and rehearse with Aaron when I I remember. (laughs) And in addition to my normal... In church things there 's a lot of extra church things that, that go on. I was asked to pray to open the Senate this week, which I did uh, in addition, it was Baptist Day on the hill, and so I was asked to advocate for issues around poverty on Thursday, which I ultimately ended up not doing because it was a busy week. Uh, I will do that another day they have they have makeup days that the coalition of religious communities will will let me attend so Thursday, I sat in on a conference call for the Center for Ministry, of which I am a member of the Board of Trustees, and who have recently moved their offices from Oakland to Seattle. And we also said goodbye to our sister in Christ, Edith Fulkerson, this week, a lovely lady who was celebrated very well by the church With a beautiful luncheon, I have to commend our ladies in this church. Amen. They do such a great job of taking care of people uh, around these issues. The family was just so moved by the effort everyone put into this memorial. and It makes me proud to see how people rally at times like this. In addition to all these things, there are a little mundane things that get done during the week phone calls and other correspondence, one on one meetings, coffee lunches, etc., etc. People, and you know, little conversations here and there. Now, I say all of this only to say it was a busy week. <laughs> the other thing I would like to say is if it sounds like I'm complaining, I don't want you to hear that I'm complaining. Uh, I want you need to know that in the midst of all of this I have loved every minute of it I have loved it I love the work I do I love coming to work every day I love the various challenges I love being a part of this church and I can hardly contain the excitement I feel when I'm working on the ministries of this church in fact I am getting every week I get lectured about not doing a very good job of taking my day off uh, by my wife and by Dennis. <laughs> but quite frankly, I like being here. And so I enjoy coming and, and being here because I love doing the ministry we do. So I'm not complaining about how busy it is. I'm just saying it was a busy week. <laughs> but in the middle of this busy week, Dennis got a call from the hospital saying that there was a patient who wanted to speak to a baptist minister now we get these we get these calls all the time and and they're you know the the staff at the hospital know you know all they do is have a, a list of clergy and when someone says i'm baptist they call a baptist church and say you know she would like to this this patient would like to talk to a baptist minister So uh, Dennis, as I turned, he got this call and I could hear what it was about. As I turned to run out of the office, I said to him in a stern voice, I do not have time for that today. And I left. I just didn't have time for it. This is a stranger, not affiliated with the church. I just didn't have time for it. And i got to say, I think Jesus was feeling much the same way in the passage that we read this morning. And it's kind of hard to see it in the translation we have that you're looking at right now. But if you were to, and this isn't true of the Pew Bible, but if you have a a more up-to-date translation in your hands, if you were to look this up and you would see a note on the part where it says that he was moved to pity... Or move to compassion. There's a little note pointing to the bottom of the page where it probably says something to the effect of other ancient documents have anger. Right? And what this means is that some of the, some of the manuscripts uh, that the translators had used, the Greek word, and this is a difficult one, splotches thesis, <laughs> I'm screwing that up, which translates move to compassion is is on some of the manuscripts. Other manuscripts had the Greek word orgisthesis, which translates becoming angry. So it would read this way, becoming angry, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. Now I won't bore you with all that went into making the choices of one word over the other, but suffice it to say, some versions of Mark contain this reference to Jesus' frustration and anger around this healing. Why might Jesus be angry about this poor leper coming and asking for help? Well, it had been a busy week for Jesus. He had just come from healing the masses in Capernaum. And after healing everyone, including Peter's mother-in-law, as we discussed last week, he finally got a minute to himself to go up into the mountains and pray by himself. He ran away, and the disciples tracked him down in order to come and do what? Heal some more people. Everyone's looking for you, Lord. Come and heal. They want you to come heal them. To which Jesus said, we need to move on. We need to go and preach the good news of the kingdom of God. I need to get going here. So they set off to go do this. And on their way, what happens? Up walks this leper. And what does he want? He wants to be healed. And Jesus is thinking, I think, When am I ever going to have time to get down to the preaching? All this healing is just attracting unwanted attention. Is this all I am about? I don't have time for this today. Perhaps, Jesus was thinking. And yet, there in front of Him was a a leper. If you are willing, Lord, if you choose... You can make me whole, and even in his frustration, even in his becoming angry, Jesus said, "I am willing," and he reached out, touched him, and made him whole. Part of me wonders if Jesus's frustration was not with this fellow. I don't think he. Would, maybe he wasn't angry with this fellow but he was angry with a system that kept him on the outside of society here was a leper that nobody would touch that nobody would acknowledge as even alive that had absolutely no resource that had absolutely no safety net that had nothing and was left with nothing. Perhaps Jesus was angry about a system that keeps someone like that on the outside. A frustration more about the fact that this guy needed healing because society had forgotten about him. And until he was touchable again, society was going to do nothing to help him. In order to be recognized and supported within the Jewish community, he had to be cleansed, he had to be declared clean by a priest, and then he had to make an offering to God as Moses stipulated in his law. Then society would acknowledge him. Then he would be a person again. Maybe that's why Jesus was angry. And so to not heal him was a death sentence. So I like to think that that is really the source of Christ's frustration here. And so, whatever the case, unlike Pastor Curtis, Jesus was willing. And it's it's a difficult thing to discern what are healthy boundaries and what are just excuses. We are called to be People of compassion. Yet there is wisdom in choosing what one is willing to do and what one is willing not to do. What is reasonable to expect and what is taking advantage? Or just an unhealthy sense of obligation to be a fixer. Boy, we got a lot of fixers out there, don't we? A lot of us who feel like we have to fix things for other people. And it's so hard not to because it feels like the right thing to do. It's so hard to discern what is actually helping and what is just expedient or feels right. There was this family in Seattle that became an important part of our family. And the mother in this family was great at convincing us that if we just helped her some more, she could get it all back together. She could get back on her feet We didn't realize that there was a drug problem there. and A lot of things going on behind our backs. But after three years of this, she came to me again. And I finally said, you know, I have been doing this for three years. We have been helping you and helping you and nothing has changed. You still have the exact same problems you did three years ago. And I'm not helping anymore. It's not helping. In fact, it's delaying you're dealing with whatever's going on. And it was, it was hard because there were children involved and they were an important part of our family. And when I hung up the phone, I never heard from her again. And it tore us apart. But it was the right thing to do. And we find ourselves, all of us, in similar places at time where we're trying to figure out what's the right thing to do? What is really going to help Yet, I want to say that general busyness ought not be the deciding factor. Being busy, I think, can be very convenient at times. It is often said that ministry is what happens in the interruptions. And I can testify that that's really true. Often it's the things that you weren't planning or the things that happen all of a sudden where you see jesus at work the most and most of the time when faced with something like the call dennis got this week i'm willing i jump it's not my favorite thing but i'm willing to hop in the car and go i like jesus get frustrated but i often go and it's rare that i come back and i say man that was a waste of my time most often it's i come back going wow thank God I was there for that wow it was amazing what God did in the midst of that I'm glad I went how amazing God is and how good it is to pay attention when God is calling amen dr. Keith Russell my preaching professor taught us uh, to ask this question whenever we prepare a sermon what do I want people to do as a result of hearing this sermon today I share this with you with hesitation because now every time I preach, you're going to be going, what does he want me to do (laughs) at the end of this sermon? But I try to ask this question, and I guess what I expect us all to do this morning with this sermon is to make room in our lives for these interruptions, not to the detriment of our own health, not in lieu of appropriate boundaries, but to allow ourselves to, even when getting angry, to be moved to compassion and into action. And Quite frankly, if we were all making room, if we were all carrying this load, none of us would have to carry all the weight. Again, maybe this is part of Jesus' frustration, is that the community abandoned their responsibility here and so it was left up to Jesus to take care of this man. I can almost assure you that there are people who are, will hear this sermon today and who are already doing so much that they can hardly find room for themselves. And they're going to say to themselves, oh man, Pastor Curtis is right, I should be doing more. I feel so bad. <laughs> and then there are some of you who are doing, shall we say, a really good job of making boundaries, if you will. And they will hear this and say, you know what, Pastor Curtis is right, I should really be better at saying no. But in reality, if we all shared the load, none of us would feel overburdened or overtaxed. And we should be discerning. But busyness should not be the deciding factor. We can be so busy in our lives that we forget what is really important. All it took on Jesus' part was a willingness to stretch out a hand and touch someone who had not been touched since contracting this disease. What a small thing. And yet, made all the difference in the world. Such small things that result in an entire life transformation. Jesus has empowered us with this same kind of compassion. Where small acts of kindness transform lives for the better where little things done out of compassion moved by mercy moved with pity change lives for the better may we all leave room for the holy spirit to work in this way even in our anger to find room for compassion Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we have busy lives and they just seem to get busier all the time. Yet, You have called us to be people of compassion. Be people who give of their time and their touch in order to transform and bring wholeness. May we listen to your still small voice calling us, and may we be eager to respond, never letting our busyness be our excuse. Yet help us, God, to be people who, who know boundaries that are good for us, and know when helping is helpful and when helping is not. We count on your wisdom but we commit ourselves to your compassion. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.